Hey everyone, I just wanted to let you know about a free resource that you can find at the show notes. If you click on the link in the show notes, it will take you to a PDF digital download of a resource that will walk you through the process of creating a theme of the year by doing a yearly review and then brainstorming your word of the year and then creating that full theme of the year. You'll learn more about this in the podcast. So on to the show. Today on the podcast, we're talking about creating a focus for the year. We're going to discuss why you should create a focus for the year, and then we'll talk about the difference between choosing a word of the year as your focus and a theme of the year. Lastly, we're going to talk about how to create a theme of the year and some next steps after you've created it. This is season one, episode 19 of a more beautiful life collective podcast. I'm your host, Casey Fletcher for the show that helps you to create a life you love and cultivate your heart for God. Hey everyone, as we approach the new year, I cannot wait to break out my planner and get dreaming. The new year provides the perfect opportunity to pause and reflect on what went great this past year and what might need to improve. We've talked about flexibility and setting your goals and habits in our Life Hacking Podcast, which is episode 17 of the podcast. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be brainstorming the best goals, routines, and habits to get your year started out right. In season one of the podcast, we've been talking about habits that help you create a life you love and cultivate your heart for God. And today, we are going to be focusing on a habit that helps focus your year on growing in the way that you want to. We're going to be talking all about the difference between choosing a word of the year versus a theme of the year as the focused for your year. At the end of this podcast, our goal is for you to have an idea of what you would want to do, a word of the year or theme of the year, and then to have a general idea of what you would want that word or theme to be. So let's dive in. As a reminder, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find the show, and I'd be so grateful for your support. So, Let's talk about this. Whether you decide to pick a word or theme of the year, the first question we have to answer is why? Why is this habit something that you should do? Choosing a focus for your year is a lot like making resolutions or goals. It can be something that can help with making decisions and setting priorities as you look at the year ahead. Over Christmas, I was juggling a lot of different priorities. I wanted to make sure that I had time to do fun activities with my family while also wanting to make sure that the house was clean while also wanting to do projects that needed to get done. And I just remember feeling a certain dilemma almost every morning and it would go something like this. I would wake up thinking about all the things that I needed to get done. I talked about that in the last episode. And then I would go through some of my automated habits that's like my morning routine, you know, unloading the dishwasher, doing my Bible reading, taking care of the animals. And then after I finished my breakfast, I would look at my son and ask, so what should we do today? And that's when things started going downhill. Because at that moment, I had given my task for the day into the hands of the most fickle master. And no, I'm not talking about my son, though he also has difficulty making decisions. Really, I was asking him because I didn't want to decide for myself what I was going to do. I was relying on my own motivation to choose the direction for how my day would go. It was so much easier to let someone else choose for me. If he said, let's go outside, I would say, yeah, that sounds good. And it mostly would sound good because I didn't have to choose what we were going to do for myself. We've all experienced this. It's that dreaded question that you ask when you're in the car and you're headed out to eat, but no one knows where they want to go. Ultimately, no one wants to make that decision. And why? Why is that? I think it's just because decisions are hard. They require willpower and there's 
a common study that says the amount of willpower that you have goes down as the day goes on. As you go through the day, you get tired and you may experience decision fatigue. You get discouraged that not as much got done as you wanted to. And so your ability to make those decisions goes down. So I think to solve this problem of this decision fatigue of what are you going to do today of making a plan for your day, we need to have a fallback plan. It's the thing that's going to help us make decisions when we start to feel that fatigue because a plan is already in place for how we determine to make our plans, how we determine to make our decisions. So I think a safety net against our failing willpower is made up of two things. And the first is a schedule with a solid habits and routines. And the second is a focus that determines our priorities. So we're going to talk about in a later episode about how we create our schedules. But today we're going to focus on our focus. How do we determine our priorities? In our life hacking episode, we talked about the importance of establishing goals and then choosing habits that are going to help us meet those goals. But sometimes though, it's difficult to even have the willpower and the motivation to want to choose those goals. If you're living in survival mode or you're kind of comfortable with the status quo, you have this idea of where you want to go, but that's it. It just kind of feels kind of amorphous, kind of fuzzy. It's a feeling of where you want to get to, but it's really hard to take that feeling and put it down into goals. So this is why a word of the year or a theme of the year can be so beneficial for you. Unlike setting specific goals for all areas of your life, a focus of the year can be this guiding light that extends to all different types of areas. You don't have to set specific goals as long as you're focusing on doing one thing and seeing growth because that means that you've moved forward for this year. A focus of the year is easier to remember than a lot of little goals as well. So you can refer back to it repeatedly as you go through the everyday life that you experience. We talked about in our life hacking episode, you know, these different areas of life like your home, your spiritual growth, your uh, relationships with your family, and then you can set a a specific goal for each one of those things. But if you're doing that, I think that can be really helpful if you're super motivated and you're ready to see, you know, lots of change in your life. But sometimes that can be really difficult to juggle because you feel like you are you're dropping something, you know, like you have to say, well, if I'm going to focus on my health today, then something else is going to suffer. But having a focus for your year is going to not make you feel that way about your goals. Because again, your focus, it can extend to all areas of your life. And as long as you're seeing incremental changes in those areas, you are meeting your goal or your focus for the year. So let's think about what this looks like in action. Okay. So let's say your word of the year is discipline. So you chose this word because you want to be more disciplined about maybe waking up in the morning, doing your morning and evening evening routines, reading your Bible, doing some exercise. For you, discipline means not putting off small things for a later date, but doing the hard things first. So instead of making little goals in each area of your life, you decide that every day you're going to wake up and you're going to have more discipline. So maybe you start with the beginning of the day and you celebrate every time that you choose to do something right then rather than putting off. As your year goes on, maybe you decide you want to add in doing a garden outside. And so then you include some more discipline in doing that because you have to have discipline to make sure that you're weeding and you're watering um, as you go through the summer months. And then as September approaches, maybe your garden is finishing up, but then you start thinking about 
thinking about schooling for your kids or maybe your own learning. And so you decide, okay, I'm going to do a reading challenge with your family. And so again, discipline in that sense is you are going to have discipline to maybe put down your phone or turn off the TV and read a little bit more. Maybe as December rolls around, you have the financial stress of the holidays. And so you have discipline that helps guide your purchases. Okay. So in this example, The word, which your word of the year was discipline, it helps to shift your priorities. So we had, in my example, we had lots of little goals throughout each area of your life. But what you're doing is every goal, you're kind of letting that goal be based in this word, discipline. So maybe the discipline is waking up in the morning and then discipline changes to doing, you know, an activity outside or making sure you're keeping up with your house. And then discipline changes to a financial area. But again, it's because you're not setting all of these goals at once and saying, hey, I want to do all of these things. Instead, you are wanting to see growth in discipline. And so that can make it feel a little bit more like you're a little, a little bit more able to accomplish the goals that you've set for yourself, because it's not something where you're setting 12 goals at once at the beginning of the year. Instead, you just want to see growth in this uh, specific trait in yourself. So again, the word helps to shift your priorities. You're reminding um, yourself that you want to see growth in these areas. Importantly, your word can impact a lot of different areas of your life. So the application of that word can change as your life changes. Again, in January, you might not even be thinking about planting a garden, but if April and May rolls around and that becomes a goal of your life, discipline can apply to that. So it's not something like you need to have all of your goals set for the year in January, because a lot of times 12 months is a really long time. And so you may not even have something on your radar. I think about where I was 12 months ago and I was still working full time. You know, there was a lot of things that I really struggled with at that moment. And so a lot has changed that now I'm staying home. You know, really the podcast started only in July. And so that for me has been something that has required, you know, a lot of goals that I've made for myself. And that wasn't even on my radar back in January of this past year. So the application of your word of the year can change as life changes, and it's not going to get in the way of these other resolutions that you have. Because it's not really something that you can get behind on, like you know a Bible reading plan or a reading challenge or other resolutions, a word may also have more staying power or sticking power throughout the year. And I, this is important. You're going to hear me bring this up a lot. And what I'm talking about whenever we're talking about staying power or sticking power is just your ability to remember the goals or the word, or the focus that you set for yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things that really gets in the way of people meeting their resolutions is that they make these things back in, you know, January. And then for whatever reason, they don't see progress as quickly as they want. And so by February, they've forgotten about it. And so you have to think, okay, how can I establish for myself a way to make sure that I'm remembering the goals that I have for myself? So you need that sticking power. And so I think that's where a word is short or a focus for the year is short. And so because of that, you make sure that you keep up with it throughout the year. You remember it throughout the year and you can remember it too because, uh, you know, you can't focus on everything at once. 
But picking a focus for the year, you are reminded, okay, I want to have discipline in this thing, but it can apply to so many areas of your life. And so ultimately, it can really lead to more growth uh, this year. So this is why I think that everyone should set a focus for the year. Again, depending on the type of person that you are, After you set your focus, you may want to say, okay, based on this focus, I want to apply this to all of these areas of my life, to, you know, the 10 different areas that we talked about in our life hacking episode. So like your home, your homeschooling, uh, you know, hobbies, your relationships, and you could definitely do that. But I think everyone can establish a focus for the year and then they can see growth in that thing. Now, the next question we have to ask ourselves: now that we've said why should you choose a focus? Because it's super important and it can help you see growth in your life. The next question we have to ask is, what do I mean by focus? And this is what I mean by that. So a focus for the year, again, is just this kind of guiding priority throughout your year. And there's two really big or popular uh, types of focuses for the year. So the first type is a word of the year. And then the second type is a theme of the year. Now, Word of the year, I think, is much more popular. And so um, I think, I don't remember the first time I heard about this, but I think it was definitely probably 10 or 15 years ago. So people have been doing this. If you read you know, any amount of blogs or on social media, lots of people have chosen a word for the year. And so what you have to ask yourself is, okay, what do I want to choose? Do I want to choose a word of the year or a theme of the year? Examples of a word of the year, it's normally like a trait or sometimes it's a thing that you really want from uh, for the upcoming year. So some examples of a word of the year could include discipline, like I mentioned before, uh, rest, energy, health, prayer, relationship, connection, patience, joy, peace, basically all of the fruits of the spirit. Uh, again, as you can see from the list, the word almost acts as like a prayer for your year, for that thing. That by choosing it as your word of the year, you're hoping to have more of that thing in your life for the future. So again, a word can help to guide your goals and your priorities, and it can function, like I said, like a prayer, like you want that thing um, for your year. Now, a theme of the year is a little bit different. And again, this is not quite as popular as a word of the year, but you're going to see as I talk about it that I honestly think a theme of the year is a better option for you uh, for determining your priorities and for getting all of those benefits that I mentioned before. So a theme of the year is similar to a word of the year, and then it's a focus for uh, what you want for that year. A theme of the year, though, is a more nuanced version of a word of the year that's more similar to like a mission statement. So I used to teach English, and one of the things that we would talk about is theme. Theme is a topic, probably, you know, if you have elementary school students, they're already learning about theme. So basically, it's like the life lesson or the main message of uh, a book, and so, or a piece of literature. And so what I would always stress to my students is that theme statements can never be just one word. Just one word, that would be a theme topic. And so my students knew that they needed to write a theme statement. So at least one sentence about the message that the book was saying. So theme topics, they're more like our word of the year. They're one word ideas like love or power. Power probably would not be your word of the year, but it definitely could be a theme. But with literature, two stories can say very different things about one theme topic. So think about the difference, if you know the story of Romeo and Juliet, 
and Sleeping Beauty. You could say that both of them are about love, but they say very, very different things about love. So True Love's Kiss does something very different in each story. So a sentence-long theme statement can do a much better job at conveying what the story is saying about love than just a one-word theme topic. If you say, you know, for Romeo and Juliet, the story is the dangers of love and the recklessness of love. Whereas for Sleeping Beauty, love is a thing that ends up saving them. So what does this have to do with your theme of the year? I think a theme of the year should be a one sentence long or more statement that says what you're wanting from that word of the year. So in this analogy, again, it's like your theme topic. So you're defining the direction you want to go with your word of the year so that you have a more honed in focus on that idea. So in our discipline example from above, it's an example of a word of the year. It's a one word topic for your year. But if we wanted to make that into a theme of the year, we could expand on that. So as I said before, discipline in this scenario, in the scenario I mentioned, means that we want to take care of things right away. So basically, if you see something that needs to get done, you get it done. You know, if it takes, if it's a two minute task, you do all of those things right away. And then if it's a difficult task, instead of procrastinating on it, you try to knock that off of your to-do list every day. And so a theme of the year would be, I will have the discipline to do the small task right away and the hard task first thing on the list. So just by doing a little bit more thinking at the beginning of the year, you're giving yourself a more honed in focus on what you want to do about discipline. And so I think this will really help you to one, figure out what you want from your word of the year, but then also it's going to give it more sticking power because you have a better idea in your mind, a better image of what this word of the year means to you. Because Uh, you need to think about that at the beginning of the year. If you say prayer at the beginning of the year, you don't really know what you want to see from prayer. You might say, I want to pray more. I want to learn more prayer requests. I want to pray more with other people. I might want to keep a prayer journal. And so just doing a little bit of thinking in January about what you want to actually accomplish about this thing is going to give more sticking power to this word of the year. So again, I think this is why theme of the year is a better option because ultimately you're just doing a little bit more thinking in the beginning of the year and then it makes it a lot easier to actually realize growth in these areas of your life. So some examples of your theme of the year could be, I already mentioned the discipline example, but for rest, uh, example of a theme of the year could be, I will build in Sabbath rest from work and technology into my schedule, one hour a day, one day a week, and one week a year. For energy or health, You could say, I will focus on improving my energy or health by improving my sleep, diet, and exercise routines. For prayer, you could say, I will pray every day, keep a journal of my prayers, and regularly ask others how to pray for them. For relationship and connection, you could say, I will focus on relationships, connection in my home, with my church family, with my friends, by prioritizing hospitality and conversations each week. For patience, you could say, I'll have more patience and interactions with my family and my coworkers. For joy, you could say, I will choose joy daily and complain less. For peace, you could say, I will have peace about the things I cannot change. So basically with each of these, you could see how what I've done is I've taken these word of the year examples and then I've made them more concrete. So I've made them into a sentence and I've said, okay, this is what I actually want from this word of the year. And that is how you make a theme of the year. I find that more concrete statements almost always means more actionable 
statements. Instead of just saying, oh, I hope that I have more joy in the next year, what you've done is you've said, this is how I'm going to try to work that into my life. This is the action I'm going to take to choose more joy. And you could also notice that for some of these words, you know, if I say rest to you or I say peace, you might have a completely different idea of what you actually want of why you chose that as your word of the year. So that's why I think it's important too to write out these theme statements because you already probably have an idea of why you're choosing this for your life. And so just making it concrete, writing out what you actually want from this thing, um, will help you to actually use that thing to add more focus to your life. So, you know, again, for rest, maybe your focus on rest means that you want to add a specific activity into your schedule, maybe like a weekly hike. Maybe you say, I find rest in nature. I don't get out in nature enough. I want to do a weekly hike. Could be completely different than the example that I gave before. Or maybe you want to focus on relationships by improving the relationship with your spouse. So you want to have a weekly date night. Maybe it's not something where you want to have more people into your house. Maybe you want to instead create boundaries around your time so that you could focus on relationships with your family. So you can also make your theme statements a little bit more broad. Again, you always just have to figure out um, how you're going to walk that tension between making it too broad. So if you just say, I'm going to choose joy, uh, that could be a little bit too broad um, because it will be harder to have an actionable statement from that. So, like I said, I think theme of the year is the way to go because it just provides a little bit more actionable information throughout your year, but it still is applicable to a lot of different areas of your life. So, once you uh, decide whether or not you want to pick a word of the year or a theme of the year, The next step is how do you actually figure out what that thing is? (laughs) You know, if we were sitting down for a cup of coffee and I said, so what would your word of the year be? (laughs) Some of us would know right away. Maybe you've been thinking about this since November, but a lot of us, you would just kind of have like a blank stare, like a, uh, I don't know, what, what should it be? Or maybe what you want to do is go look, you know, look at your phone and look up a list of 150 different words and try to figure out one from that. And I would really say that you probably shouldn't find your word of the year by picking it like this. I think a lot of times uh, whenever we do things like this, we just pull a word out of the blue that we like, and then we attempt to make it stick for our year. But without much thought, it just kind of gets thrown out with the rest of our resolutions and our goals. A theme of the year requires a little bit more thought up front, but it can become a mantra for your life that you'll never forget. And again, the more that you have this sticking power, the more effective your theme of the year will be and the more growth that you're going to see. So importantly, you want to be sure that you're praying through all of these steps. You want God to be first and foremost in developing whatever the focus is for your life. So everything that you do, you want it to be for his glory. And so you have to make sure that your plans are in accordance with his will. So as you go through this process, pray about it. And a lot of times that will kind of give you more clarity of what your theme of the year should be. So Here are our steps for choosing our theme of the year. So the first thing I would do is I would complete a yearly review. So this is where you should look at everything that's going well or going poorly in your life now. So if you have a previous focus of your year or other goals or resolutions, this would be a great time to write that down 
you can journal all these things as you work through them. I actually have on the blog, I have uh, some pages that work through a yearly review. So it asks what is going well in life, what is not going well, what do you want to see growth in, what do you want to um, maybe uh, reduce in your life. And so it can just help you to Think about what you've accomplished in the past year, but then it also can give you, you know, some of those pain points, some of those worries, some of those concerns that you're having, as well as some of those things that you're really proud of. And that will really help you to do this next step, which is once you've journaled through or talked through um, your yearly review process, you need to read through what you've written and determine any patterns. So what has been a repeating concern? or triumph? What's annoying you? What's a source of joy? All of these things are going to help you get closer to your specific words. So you could just kind of note, you could circle, maybe box or highlight any kind of repeated patterns that you're seeing. Maybe a pain point in your life is that you see that your house is something that you keep on talking about, like, ah, this is so annoying. Or maybe it's your job that you know that you, uh, Maybe you hate your job. Maybe you want to pivot in your job and it just keeps coming up, but you don't know what to do. That would be something that I would circle or I would figure out. Um, it could be a relationship that you know that maybe your relationship with your spouse is strained. And so you want to figure out how to improve that. So you just need to mark whatever patterns you notice in your life. And so then once you've done all of this, you need to pick a word that kind of sums up all of the things that you found out in your uh, yearly review. So again, depending on what you've circled, what you've you know highlighted, what you've noticed about your patterns, you identify those things and then figure out a word that sums up those things. And then using your word of the year, you write out your theme of the year. What are you exactly wanting to focus on, grow in, or accomplish about this topic or idea or area of your life? And then congrats, you've done it. I've been walking through this process myself. And so I'm going to walk through how I would create my theme of the year just so that you have your example. Um, and that might help you kind of get more clarity for what you would want to do. One thing that I've been struggling with is what I mentioned before at the beginning of the episode. So it's this, you know, question of every day, you know, I wake up and, you know, I kind of go through a few things and knock those off my list as a morning routine. So I have my habits in there, but then you know, about breakfast time, I have this whole day and I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do today? And the thing that I've noticed with that is, um, you know, whenever you're working full time, you, a lot of your day is planned for you unless you are somebody who is self-employed. And so you don't really have a lot of choice in what you're going to do. I mean, I guess you do whenever you get off of work and then you have to think about what you're going to do that night. But one thing that I've noticed is being a stay-at-home mom, you have all of this time and it's hard to make sure that you're using it well. And so you have these things of like, oh, well, I need to you know, clean the house, but then I also need to do this thing and then I need to do this project, but then I also want to finish this other thing. And so you spend a lot of brain power trying to figure out what you want to do. And so for me, that's something that really kind of my brain power is used up. And so that kind of, it drains some of the energy that I could have getting those projects done and spending more time with my kids. And so for me, what I wanted to do is like, I just want to figure out some of these ways of reducing my need to rely on willpower and 
instead get things done. I also want to figure out how to incorporate exercise in my life. Again, that's one of those things that I'm like, oh, I need to do this. And so every day it's like this conversation with myself of, am I going to do this thing or not? And a lot of times I choose not after I've thought about it all morning. And so I also want to just make sure that I have other habits and routines where I'm leaving space for, you know, hospitality and relationships and joy. So looking through my list, I can see a pattern in my yearly review is this idea of, you know, habits, routines, and schedules to automate decision-making while getting me closer to the life that I want to live. Okay, so that is the pattern that I have. So now I need to move on to step three. I need to brainstorm my word. So automate could be it. But you guys all know that I have a love-hate relationship with technology. And so I don't want my word of the year to be something that's like all about machines, right? So automation, automate is not something that really speaks to me. I think your word should be something that you, you hear and it brings you joy. For some people, that could be automate. But for me, that does not bring me joy. So it's not going to be something that I really am just going to love. That I, It's not going to be something that I want to hang on my wall or look at every day. And so you need to think about a word that really speaks to you. That you look at that and you're like, yes, that is what I want in my life. And so that that's part of what you need to do is you have to brainstorm a word. And it might not be the first one that comes to you, but it should be one that you love because you want it to have sticking power. So it gets at the idea. So what I did is I looked up the word automate and I was trying to get rid of, you know, that machine connotation. And so some synonyms for automatically include impulsive, instinctive, and spontaneous. And so that is what really intrigued me, this idea of being spontaneous. I like that idea because really that's my goal for my habit. I want to, you know, instinctually, um, spontaneously, automatically do the things that I need to do and want to do without thinking about them so that I have the space in my life to be spontaneous, to add back in joy, connection, and adventure. Well, that's it. That's that's exactly what I want my theme to be my theme of the year to be by working through my yearly review. I was able to hone down all of my worries and my joys and create an actionable statement to guide my goal setting and my decision-making and my everyday life. I want to spontaneously do my habits, routines, and my everyday to-do list so that I have space to be spontaneous in my life to create more joy, connection, and adventure for me and those around me. So that would be my theme of the year. So after you've done all of the work to create your theme of the year, hopefully it's going to be ingrained into your brain that you can remember it. So even after you leave your brainstorming session and you go and talk to somebody, you could say, yes, my theme of statement is, and tell it to them. It should become like a mantra, something that you repeat every day and every time that you make big decisions and goals, every time that you do your planning. So here are some good ideas for the next steps after you create your theme of the year so that it has more sticking power throughout the year because that sticking power is going to lead to growth and more effectiveness. So the first thing that you should do is write it down. You need to write it down and memorize your theme statement. So you've done the hard part of developing it, of figuring out what you want it to be. So you don't want to let all that work go to waste by forgetting what you've created. So what I would do is I would write it down in several places to make sure that it's there for you to look back at. You could keep it by your planner, by your bathroom sink, on the mirror, maybe in some other prominent places so that you're seeing it. And then by seeing it, you can read through it and start to memorize it. And I would spend probably the first week or two of January just committing it to memory. And so this step is really all about that sticking power, meaning that by March, you still remember your theme of the year. The next step is I would pray about it. So 
Hopefully you were prayerful as you made your theme of the year, but now it's important to pray out your theme of the year. There should be this attitude of growth in your prayers that you just want to, um, God to help you to grow in this area of your life and to give you strength and perseverance as you live it out daily. You want to be sure that you're relying on God and you're attentive to his voice as you live out your theme of the year. You should be praying through your theme of the year regularly all year. The next step is to research it. So I would research um, some topics related to this. This is a great step for the beginning months of the year. So in January through maybe March, but definitely you could do this throughout the whole year. But um, I've heard that people say that once they pick a focus of the year, whether it's a word of the year or a theme of the year, they start to notice it everywhere. That word starts coming up in podcasts, books, and conversations. And I think it's because the theme of the year is fresh in your mind because you've just created it. And so because you've created it, you um, are looking for that thing all over. And so I found that reading and research, it always helps to add more motivation to my life. And so as you think about your theme of the year, you can brainstorm topics of where you'd like to grow. So in my case, if I'm thinking about habits and routines and schedules um, to get things done more spontaneously, I could read books about habits and routines. I could also read books about the specific habits that I want to add. So gardening, exercise, homeschooling, blogging. And so this would be a way of me both getting motivation, but also getting information that's going to help me to accomplish growth in my theme of the year. And then lastly, I would journal about it. So it's important to build time in throughout the year where you can reflect on how you're doing with your theme of the year. Again, so that you have sticking power and so that you can pivot if you notice that in an area you're not doing as well as you really would like. So These journal times, they can help to refine your goals. Um, What I would do is I would set aside either a monthly or a quarterly review session. Again, if this is the first time that you've done any type of goal setting and really kept up with it, I would say maybe a quarterly review session just because um, enough time has gone by where you can see how you're doing, but then um, you're not spending so much time each month. Because a lot of times I think if you do it monthly, then, you know, February rolls around and you're like, ah, I don't, I don't really have time to do it today. And so then it, you, you never do the review session or a journal session about your theme of the year. So setting aside some time, you know, basically every season change quarterly, you can look at how you're doing and it can be quick. You don't even have to write it down, but I do think journaling will help you to, um, have your thoughts come more easily, to keep a record of your thoughts about it. And to also maybe, I've always found, just like I've talked about in our um, posts on morning pages, that whenever you write stuff, a lot of times writing is generative. So you're not even thinking about this, but because you wrote it, an idea pops in your mind and you're kind of like shocked. You're like, oh my goodness, this is so true. And so you never even had that idea before, but because you're writing, you're producing these thoughts. And so I definitely think journaling um, will help you to figure out how well you're doing and also maybe give you some ideas of solutions if there's anything that you're struggling with. So with your theme of the year, it's just important to make sure that you go all in. So if you decide, yes, I want to do this, work through some of these other processes, some of these yearly review processes, being intentional about choosing the actual word, uh, brainstorming a full sentence for your theme of the year, um, journaling about it and praying about it throughout the year, researching it. Doing all of these steps is going to have that sticking power, which will help it to be more effective. 
We set goals because we want to grow and we want to be better than what we were before. By choosing a theme of the year, it can be a small habit. That's really actually very easy to do in the beginning, but that theme of the year by choosing it and by focusing on it and committing to it, we can see big gains throughout the year. By creating something that we can refine and realign our focus, we are more easily able to do the things that we want to do with our days. We can steward our lives well. To do this though, we have to commit our focus for the year and act in ways, in wise ways that lead to effective outcomes for ourselves and for those around us. We have to go all in on making our days count. So what do you think? Do you normally do New Year's resolutions, a word of the year, or a theme of the year? What would your theme of the year be for this year? You can leave a comment on this podcast by clicking on the show notes, or you can shoot me an email. I'd love to hear what you think. Be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts to help others find the show. And don't forget about our free resource that you can find on the blog that will help you to complete a yearly review and choose a theme of the year. Until next time, I'm Casey Fletcher, and I pray you keep creating a life you love and cultivating your heart for God.